0: assalamu alaikum my name is raqaiya rights and welcome to season two episode 23 of breaking barriers today we'll be talking about part two of marriage the nikah, with janelle
1: assalamu alaykum, everybody my name is janelle i um, i've been on the podcast before But Alhamdulillah, I was invited back and um, I'm a student in college right now, inshallah I'll be graduating next year, and I also got married last year, alhamdulillah, so yeah I came back to talk a little bit more
0: about marriage. And today we're talking about the nikah and the early stages of marriage. So, um, do you want to share your nikah story? Yeah, so um... I kind
1: of spoke a little bit about it last time, but more in depth was, um, we had premarital counseling for, like, I think it was, like, a couple months, like, two or three months before getting married, and we met with our, um, like, wali, like, or my wali, like, multiple times um even sometimes like multiple times a week just because like um we were really trying to get things together like um like islamically prepare and just like understand because there's a lot of information on like your rights as a wife and your husband's rights and all those things um but it was even more like different because neither of us have muslim family so we were meeting with him because we didn't really know much we kind of just assumed it was a certain way but there's so much to learn and uh, we were meeting with our wali and then like we had a date set and he just told us one day like i can't do this day like something came up like i'm so so sorry is there any way you can change the date and it was like a week or two before and we were like oh my gosh no like we can't we have so many people like so many family members coming and it was small relatively but we both have pretty big families and my uncle who's the only family member i have who's muslim was my uncle but he was out of town Mm -hmm. so he was coming in to do that and it was just like so stressful and then alhamdulillah the message we go to they have two like sheikhs. they have two imams So the other one stepped in to do it for us, which is like, we also had a good relationship with him. Like he knew about us converting and like, it was a little bit easier for him to do it for us. So alhamdulillah, he was able to step in and do it for us. And we did it, I think it was like a Saturday and I had my non Muslim family there. I had some like good friends who are Muslim come alhamdulillah, but um a lot of like ninety percent of the people who came were not Muslim. And we had to like tell them like to dress modestly without like forcing them. To- So yeah, I was just trying to make sure that everybody was comfortable with like um, coming to the masjid because this was pretty much everyone's first time coming. And um, I guess in a way that was like, the beauty of it is like allowing non-Muslims to experience the Muslim community a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But we did our um, nikah, it was very simple. Like the process of actually doing it It's really simple. Um, We did create a marriage contract, but I can probably talk about that a little bit later. But, um, yeah, basically, we sat down from the imam with um, the two Muslim witnesses for my husband. I believe it's two. And then my wali, and my uncle was also there, so I guess he counted as well for my wali. And... Um. yeah and then everybody else was there and then he just asked like he just talked about like the Islamic marriage and then he just asked us to like basically do we want to marry each other and we both said yes and that was it that was literally it like no craziness nothing alhamdulillah it was very simple
0: alhamdulillah that's good all the weddings I went to the Nakea part, I don't remember anything that happened in the Nakea part. I only remember the Olimas. <laughs> I not remember how
1: it went. I can understand because it, it's like the most simple part and then
0: later on it's like way more fun. <laughs> um, so could you go into more detail about the marriage contract? Like... contract like general things
1: okay so the marriage contract is really 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 important part of getting married it's not extremely difficult to do but it's timely so i would say that there are some important things that that you can find on like basic templates online that include um your your home being run in a muslim way which sounds like it makes sense right we're both muslim but you have to put that in there for both of you guys because if something happens in your marriage or even with your children that is un-islamic and you're trying to or he even he's trying to implement the um something from the quran and sunnah and one of you guys is like refusing to do that then you can bring up the fact that it's in your marriage contract and then you could even go talk to the imam or shaykh about it if you need counseling in a certain situation um but yeah i definitely put things like our children will be raised uh, upon the quran and sunnah our household will be you know reflect the quran and sunnah um like things in in terms of health like if something were to happen to me i would want this to happen if something were to happen to him i would want this to happen like we're going to be each other's main um I guess supporters in that situation I don't know exactly how I worded it but it was more formal than what I'm saying um and then deeper into things about your um what is it I'm forgetting name your dowry I know it's not what it's called I forget the name right now um but the amount that's paid to you as a gift you wanna put that in there. So um, mine was multiple things. It wasn't just like this much money. It was like, one of my things is like a trip to Hajj or Umrah. So like that has to happen to fulfill my dowry at some point and inshallah that will happen soon cause I really wanna go. <laughs> but you can, you put in um, your dowry into that
0: as well. So sorry, off your mahar can be more than um, one thing. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you don't have to just say, like, I want this much money or I want this ring or whatever. Like, if you want multiple things, you can ask for multiple things. So I have, like, a couple different things in there that I wanted. And they don't have to be big. They could be, you know, even if there's something small that you want or clothing that you want, like a certain amount of clothing, anything, literally anything you want. It's your gift. So, you know, if you want something, like, and somebody can't provide it, you don't have to marry that person. But I will say, if you're, like, really interested in somebody, and you're asking for, like, a lot in terms of... Okay, let me explain. So, like, Islamically, and I don't know, like, the exact rulings on it, but you're supposed to have a certain level of, like, um provision based on the way that you were raised or based on the way that he was raised so if you come from a middle class family but he's you know comes from a very wealthy family and you know he wants you to ask for a just a ring that's like a hundred dollars or something that's not fair because he's able to provide much more than that and that's nothing that's nothing of value to him So the way that, like, my Waleed put it is you want it to be something that is significant to him. Like, you want him to feel as though he just spent a good amount on you. But you don't want to put him into debt over your, your mahar. You don't want to do that. It's, like, you can ask for that, but it may end up being that you don't get married because, you know, you can't. He can't afford it. So, there's like a lot of different talks you can start. I'm not the most knowledgeable person on it, but there's so much information on Mahar because it's a really big deal. People ask a lot of questions about it. And, you know, you want to make sure that it's in line with what you are able to get. You know, it's a very important gift. You want it to be something that you want and that's special and that you'll always remember but you don't want it to like affect him badly because then going into your marriage, if you're asking for 20, 30, 40 K and that's all he has, then what happens when like he has to provide for you and he has no money because you just ask for it all for your, your So, yeah. So it
0: has to be something reasonable, but what you want, but reasonable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say like a good medium between really, really nice and like, not significant at all, like a good medium between that.
0: Okay. Well, another question, like, how do you, um, I don't know how to phrase this, but so how is it different when you're first getting to know the person and then when you actually get married to them and now you're actually living together, how is that transition different and what is it like the transition between that?
1: oh wow that's a good question um it is very very (laughs) indescribable as like a woman who's never like i never really grew up with men in my house at all so going from living with mostly women to living with a band is like Literally, it's the craziest transition ever. Like, seriously, I can't describe it. But, alhamdulillah, like, I have a good spouse that was very supportive. Um, But living, say, at home with your parents, um, you know them. You've been around them your entire life. And then when you're getting to know this person from marriage, you're like, okay, I know enough about this person. Like, they'll probably do this. They'll probably do that. Or, um they seem clean or they seem, you know, neat or whatever. You just, you never know. And then when you live with them, like you're with them at pretty much every moment of their life. If you spend 24 hours with that person, you're seeing that person at every moment of their life. And, you know, even for us, you know, as women, we go through ups and downs, like what we feel. One minute we're, you know, talking to the next, we're completely silent, you know, everyone has their emotions and you're learning this person, you're learning how they are when they just wake up, how they are when they're going to sleep, when they're hungry, when, you know, they're tired, when they're coming from work, all of these different things. And it is, I think it definitely takes like, um, patience and understanding because you may not understand why this person does a certain thing until like a year into your marriage like you'll be like this person keeps doing this thing i don't know why but i'm not going to say anything and then like a year later you like have a conversation and you realize like, oh my gosh this is why he does this and there's like a deeper meaning behind it so i definitely think like i didn't know him at all moving in like i thought i knew him i thought that um Everything like made perfect sense, especially because we got married. And then after a couple months, we moved in together. So we didn't immediately move in together. So we had time to get to know each other. And I was so sure of myself, like, okay, I know what he's going to do. I know how he's going to act. And then you move in with them and you're like, well, this is completely different. But the character of the person that you marry will always remain the same. And that is what's important. That's why it's important to marry someone with good character, because no matter what they do, they will always treat you with justice. They will always treat you kindly and help you through like the transition of getting married.
0: I like how you put that because I feel like a lot of the times when think, okay, maybe when we live with this person now they have so many deal breakers and so like to us deal breakers and things that we don't like about the way they act. Mm-hmm. Them. But the fact that you said their character is still the same no matter how they are when you're living with them that that, I love how you worded that yes and
1: honestly just to reiterate that point I think it is important for your elders even if it's not your parents to tell you about a person because um, they are going to see aspects of character that us as young people we have no idea about and it's just the truth, like, we, we see things on TV, we see things on social media, but age is one thing that we cannot, like, cheat. Your experiences as an elder in the community are literally gold. So if, you know, they're keeping their eye out for somebody or they've seen a brother and they're telling you maybe like, you know, I'm not sure he's a good person, but I don't think he's for you. or. You know they're trying to be kind about it and tell you like this person may not be the best I'm not saying you have to listen to them but try to see where they're coming from and if it's an aspect of either deen or character I would definitely be cautious because though like I said those things do not like waver if you marry someone who's on deen like genuinely on deen they're not just faking it you know they're on deen that you know they're like you know upon the Quran and Sunnah that's not gonna change because they fear Allah and if they have good character to those who they to those who are around them, specifically their mother, their sisters, that's not going to change because they fear Allah. And that is why um, I think there's a hadith that points out that you should marry, I think is you should marry based on like someone's deen or someone's religion. And there are other things that in the days of Jahliya that they used to marry people for, maybe their family, their beauty, that you should marry someone for their religion. So just always keep that in mind. No matter what you know, people say this person's rich or this person has status. You have to always remember that what's most important in sight of Allah should be most what's most important in your eyes. So if it's important that somebody is upon the Quran and Sunnah to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, that should be most important to you. And Inshallah, Allah will reward you for
0: that and bless you with a good spouse because of that. So another question relating to like when you're like living together now. So when, how to deal with arguments and disagreements.
1: Okay. So um, I think that for me, I grew up, it it all stems from how you grew up. I believe that like the things that you saw growing up will definitely affect the way you treat your spouse and the way your spouse treats you. But you have to be uh, conscious of that. So be aware of the way you talk to your parents, the way you talk to your siblings. Try to fix that, try to work on that because it's very easy to do the same thing to your spouse. You'll think, oh, I'll be so nice to him. I'll think about it, I'll, I'll talk through it. But like, when that person does that one thing to you, like even your sibling, they do that one thing to you, and you're like you just lose it. Cause you're like, you know how this makes me feel. Or you know that i said not to do it like this and you still did it anyway and you know not to be sexist or anything but sometimes as women that is like that is how we are we can we can get very frustrated about little things and then treat somebody differently um, and kind of be petty about it because we kind of said not to do this and now this person did it and we're like okay i'm gonna be mad at you the rest of the day and treat you like this until you ask me what's wrong and (laughs) I think for me like suffer so a lot that was something that i had to work on It's just like this person does not know what's going on in your mind i promise you they're not in your mind saying this is what i'm going to do to make her upset 99 percent of the time men have no idea what they're doing and then you're mad at them and you tell them and they're like i had no idea i had no idea you were upset about that and if this person is really getting on your nerves that's another story but Think, have mercy upon them. Have mercy with your husband. Treat them kindly and um, talk through things. I think one of the main things that was difficult was like, understanding this person is on your side. This person is not trying to ruin your day. They want to have a good life with you. They want to be happy with you. And them doing something or saying something that made you upset, you don't want to do the same thing to them. You have to talk through it with them because I think a lot of times we get defensive. We always think that we're going on the defense thinking this person is attacking me, this person is trying to treat me poorly. But that's not the case. Just the same way that we may do something that makes our husbands upset. We didn't do it to make him upset. If maybe it was an accident, maybe we didn't understand. And so we should talk through it with them to help understand where they come from and to explain why it made us feel the way we, we feel. And it may take another time or another two or three times before he, he realizes, okay, I need to change this because it's creating problems. But you have to be patient and you have to like have that mercy between you and your spouse because if you just start yelling and screaming, it will not get better. It does not fix things. You have to be able to like hold back those feelings Hold back that anger or maybe even the sadness and just talk about what you're feeling um, to prevent like serious issues.
0: A question along the same lines is that how, um, what advice do you have for someone who it's hard for them to communicate? And how do you get better at communicating with people?
1: So there's different ways that you can communicate. For me, in the beginning, I was very like shy about it. I just wanted to act like I was fine and I don't know why that was like that for me but I think it's just being with a new person so one thing you can do is it sounds kind of corny but writing notes to the person so that you can explain to them everything that you're feeling and they can read it without immediately having to respond if that's what kind of scares you or makes you nervous about communicating writing like a long note about what you feel and why you feel that way and what you would like to happen um, that would definitely help um, make it a little bit easier for you and just find different ways to communicate talk to the person and let them know maybe that it's hard for you to communicate so that they're not confused or
0: misunderstanding you. Mm -hmm. Well, what about the walima? Have you had your walima yet?
1: No, I haven't. Unfortunately, it's something that I'm starting to plan for. But due to like COVID and the time we got married, it wasn't ideal for us to plan it during that time.
0: Okay. Um, how many years can you wait before having your walima? Because I always wanted that. Because I know some people put it off for a really long time. Like for like the mo- latest walima I've ever went to is like ten years after they got married. Awesome. I wonder how long can you put a walima off for?
1: As far as I know, there's no time limit on it. I, again, I've heard of people doing it, you know, three or four years after getting married just because they wanted to plan for it. Um, and there are different ways that people do it as well. So I think that plays a role in the timeline that people do their walima. Okay.
0: And um, what is the walima meant for? Like, what is it meant for?
1: So... Again, as far as I know, it's just a celebration to kind of announce or um, yeah, just celebrate the wedding of the two people, the coming together of these two people. Um, I know that it's recommended to like feed people or it's really important to feed people and you're getting good deeds for that. So even if your wedding is literally just feeding people Or even after you nikah, you're just feeding people. That's really important. Um, You're getting good deeds for that. Because your marriage is the reason why you're feeding people, if you think about it. But um, I'm not too, too knowledgeable on it. Just because, again, I haven't had it. I haven't really, like, Islamically looked into it. But I've heard a couple hadiths about it. And, like, the celebrations that happen after your nikah and... Yeah, I think it's a very beautiful practice.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for being on this episode. Do you have any closing statements and, like, anything to wrap up what we talked about?
1: Yeah, I think um, in terms of getting married, if before you get married and even before you find your spouse... Seeking knowledge is really important. Seeking knowledge about marriage, your rights as a wife and his rights as a husband, and even your children's rights over you and your rights over your children. Those are so important because they will come into play after you get married. And inshallah, I pray that Allah blesses all of you with righteous spouses. And for those of you who are married, I pray that Allah continues to bless your marriages.
0: And, okay, I have one more question, <laughs> sorry. Okay, go ahead. Uh- you know, what are some like rights as a um, wife and as a husband? You think people should know about that's overlooked often. Overlooked.
1: Um, hmm. Honestly, I'm not sure about overlooked. I think that the main important rights are um just for over from your husband providing and i think that i say it's overlooked now because people think just because he puts a roof over your head that he's providing for you but your source of your, your space of comfort like providing for you within your means so if you're like um again your husband's making six figures a year but he's giving you you know a a tiny apartment and you know not really giving you the space you need that he's not fulfilling your rights Mm -hmm. um if he isn't just refuses to give you money for certain things or even not even just money but asking him to do certain things for you that are in the realm of providing Whether that be maybe going grocery shopping for you because you can't or helping you with your car so that you're able to fulfill his rights, then he's not fulfilling your rights. And um, I think that one of the things that is difficult is being able to kind of... um, Your Wali, like when you think about it, your Wali in your family before you get married is like your dad your brothers your uncles and most of the time they have a certain um, responsibility over you so like your dad can kind of tell you like oh you need to get this done or your uncle can tell you you need to get this done but like if someone comes in and tells you like i need you to do this for me you kind of get defensive like who are you to tell me what i need to do why don't you just take care of it you know but he has a right over you Like to ask you to do certain things within like reasonable means and um you should try to respect him in the same way like this person is taking care of you if they're fulfilling their rights upon you they're taking care of you they're providing you with all of your necessities they have a right to do that if your husband's not providing you with food water shelter clothing is is also like part of that these are important things that, you know, are just a part of our livelihood. And you're living your life refusing to, like, fulfill his rights, then um, it's not good. It's not, it's not, you know, kind either, but it's just not good. So I think that um, the more you learn about there are, like, details and books on it, like, that I just I can't remember and go into all of them. But, like, those are major things, major aspects. is just, like being able to accommodate to one another and provide certain things for one another you have to um, just be aware of those so that you're not refusing certain things from your spouse
0: okay now thank you for being in this episode you gave such great advice I'm gonna be taking them myself also when it's my time (laughs) Inshallah. inshallah inshallah and um May Allah let this advice be beneficial for beneficial for all everyone who listens to this episode. I mean, I mean, may Allah reward you for being on this episode. I
1: mean, thank you so much for having me. It was good, it's fun talking,
0: it was fun talking to you too. And when you have your walima, then we'll come back and do an episode about the video.
1: Inshallah, you'll know about it too.
0: <laughs> okay, assalamu alaikum. listening to this episode of Breaking Barriers. My name is Raqia Writes and I can't wait to keep the conversation going.